Hello everyone, this is Ohm, coming to you on a brief tape delay on Ohmcast. It is Saturday, November 2nd, 12.20pm, and uh, you know, I realized I took a little time off, tried coming on Ohmcast with my buddy Ted, and I definitely got out of my flow, not that I had a flow, but any... Any progress I might have made as far as, you know, gaining a little traction and momentum was totally knocked off track. And that's not Ted's fault. Ted, if you're listening, I mean, you probably think it is a little bit your fault. And I can't blame you for thinking that, Ted. (laughs) No, it's not your fault, Ted. It's both of us. I listened to myself on those. It just... There was no chemistry there. And that's not to say there never will be, but for now, I'm going to go back and I'm not going to get into my Trump stuff. And I mean, I will talk about the art of governance and, uh, and politics in more of a general sense, more of a broad, um, overarching sense of, you know, maybe some trends of what I see in society, and it's hard to know, really, to get a good, uh, to get a good read on the pulse of American society. So many people think they know, I mean, some shows are good, like that Vice show is good, Bill Maher has some good guests, but I mean, where you live, it's hard to know. I mean, it's just, it's difficult. But anyway, I think some, uh, a good place to start is just the fact that, <clears throat> you know, the, uh, the divide between left and right, you know, liberal and conservative, has to do definitely with, uh, economic systems, um, for society, and there's capitalism and socialism, and uh, and capitalism has been incredible and and basically worked miracles in the United States, and is so powerful and and so uh, has so many possibilities. You know, possibilities are endless. What capitalism can do now, like any powerful you know, thing or system, it can go overboard. Unbridled capitalism really has turned people off. And you see that in America. I mean, great book I read, and it it rings true. How much is enough? So many people, I just want to say, you know, I see what they do after, you know, earning their money through the, the power of capitalism. It's like, okay, not enough money. That's not enough for you. You need to be this way or act this way or do these things. And uh, and I understand that uh, there are a lot of people who like to just keep working, keep contributing, keep, you know, having meaning and purpose. And what comes with that is just more money. It, you know, it earns their money. But some people are just trying to earn more money doing what I consider meaningless things, just more and more and more. And it's like, with so many people who can benefit from that money, and there's also, I get, I think it's very American since back, 
um, you know, going back to the 19th century and certainly the early 20th century, that somehow your standard of living has to do with uh, what you deserve and what your character is made of. And, and it, honestly, yeah, certain people earn that money by hard work and they deserve it. But uh, there are plenty of people who are pretty unintelligent, you know, who just got lucky and, and don't do anything that I consider quality, who get tons of money. And I'm not going to say that he'll organize crime and, you know, mafia and people like But, I mean, I see people like that. They get these egos that they're somehow, like, proper citizens and, like, respectable people because they have a lot of money and they can buy a tuxedo and a ball gown. And it's like, come on, you're a fucking retard with no class, no style, no mind, but whatever. And I'm not taking a shot at organized crime. But, I mean, that mindset kind of go, you know, whatever. Uh, this is things, well, let me get back on track here. Capitalism and socialism. So I'm reading a great book, The Code, Silicon Valley and the Remaking of America. And I'm learning a lot about venture capital. And uh, and I think, and, and I have read a lot, you know, uh, I've read a, a bit of uh, Karl Marx, The Communist Manifesto. Which has been distorted. Um, Karl Marx, I mean, yeah, there are some bad things, but I don't know. I didn't know him personally. Can't know him personally, obviously. But that's like a a bad word. There's a lot of negative connotation. Scary, anti-American Karl Marx, socialism, you know, the Red Scare. You saw what McCarthy did. You have people who lived through that, and their kids now are fucking idiots too, like communism. And I just, I just want to break the news to you, everybody. Karl Marx did his thesis on Epicurus. So communism was basically molded after Epicureanism, if anybody even knows what that is. And my point is, is that a good thing, a healthy thing, a positive thing, you know, twisted, turned, taking two extremes and gotten wrong, doesn't mean it didn't start off with good intention. Basically like religion, Manuel Kant, or Kant, whatever, he had the thing that religion has good intention. You know, it always starts that way. People want to have a moral code. They want to have a civilized society. They want to raise their children well. But what ends up happening? People start getting killed in the name of God. It's like, whoa, how did we get there? So, But what I want to say is that there's an unnecessary clash between capitalism and socialism. And this is what really annoys me about... American politics and governance. Why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't we find common ground? Why can't we take the positives from both and try? That's I mean that's basically governance and every every worthwhile thing is an experiment. And obviously, if you look at 
You know, American history and world history, it's like a pendulum swinging back and forth, and it overshoots the mark, and then it has to correct and readjust. And right now, we're in a correction, and I don't want to get into, you know, my distaste for Donald Trump, but I, I believe we're in a correction. We're going through some growing pains. Populism, a lot of people have to let go, and that's okay, they will. But I also, I saw a documentary on uh, an American radical, a journalist, um, I.F. Stone, who's like, you know, a, a, a journalistic hero figure. And uh, so I started reading his biography. And it was, you, I learned a lot from reading the code and, and, you know, the remake, Silicon Valley and the remaking of America and reading I.F. Stone the biography, I learn American history because you learn a lot of the context, the backdrop of these things getting started and taking off. Like, I have Stone's early life and he, he, he was Jewish and he grew up in Philadelphia and you learn what Philadelphia was like in the early 20th century in the anti-Semitism. And then the coach, Silicon Valley, I learned what California was like after World War II and, and during the, uh, you know, when Sputnik got launched in 57 and the technology rush and Eisenhower and then Kennedy wanting to take us to the moon. And, uh, and then venture capital coming into that. Anyway, I'm all over the place. I need to get a little more organized. But uh, I also wanted to make the point that, you know, one of the positive things, well, I, I did, I got very disorganized when I tried to mention how socialism, I, you know, I get knocked off track because just saying the word socialism, I almost feel like I got to look out for men in black suits who want to put me in the jail cell for talking about it. Or God forbid mentioning some positives about it. They start calling you a Bernie Sanders sympathizer and they want to wave a, an American flag and a MAGA hat and like beat you up. But then again, who's that? Who are they? But, uh, but socialism and Karl Marx, the proletariat and the bourgeoisie, the workers and the wealthy, the owners, the employer, the, the owners and the bosses. And I mean, come on, you can't really argue. There have been, obviously, honorable and, uh, <clears throat> and gentle and, and respectable owners and employers. But I would say the majority of them have exploited the workers. The proletariat. Now, if you want to take the sides of the workers and help people to have a, a more balanced, equitable society, then, you know, some things, some aspects of socialism are valid. Now, people say that that has to be total anti-capitalism and no entrepreneurship and the government wants to take all your money. They jump to the extremes. No, that's not what Bernie Sanders is saying. That's not what he's saying. Everyone wants to paint that picture of him. And Bernie Sanders, I will say, will be remembered as a hero. 
he can't be appreciated in this time, I feel. Maybe he can. He might rally and win this thing, but it's really uphill, which it shouldn't be. I mean, Donald Trump is a fucking kindergartner. He's an idiot. He, he's thinking about Big Macs and putters. You know, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. His dad gave him a million dollars when he was still wearing diapers. He's, oh, and I'm not, I said I wasn't going to get into that, so I'm not. But let me get back to, okay. So one of the benefits of capital, I did mention socialism. One of the benefits of capitalism that I've benefited by is like you have these e-readers now, a Kindle or a Nook, like these these, I got one of those, and they just suggest things to me. So I'm reading books I probably wouldn't come across. And then you have audio books. So I'm reading it. Now, I'm not, you know, that uh, industrious. I like to read, but I don't go out of my way to learn. I wouldn't, my point is I wouldn't go out of my way to learn things I'm learning. When I get my hands on them, you know, I'm kind of lazy. If you put it right in front of me, yeah, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to enjoy it. But I wouldn't go out of my way. And that brings me to my other topic I want to talk about. And I mentioned the other day, I got my identity as a youngster to play sports. You know, and it's kind of a commentary on America. You know, people in the computer and electronics and uh, arts... And theater and things like that, they get a reputation and an image. And then you have people who like to play sports or, you know, play music. And people get divided into different categories. And that's another great book, Don't Label Me by Irshad Banji. Don't Label Me is a great book. But that's a point of mine, labels and categories. It's a very Western civilization thing. And it's, it's very stupid the labels and categories, and I, I'm, like, it took me a while to realize, but I'm like, why did I pigeonhole myself? I'm obviously not a basketball player. I grew up wanting to be on the Boston Celtics and basically denied myself the opportunity to learn how to play an instrument, to learn how to paint or draw, you know, to, to do a lot of other things that I might have been good at. But I loved I, I, I loved playing basketball. I did have some success that helped give me some self-esteem. And I, and I will talk about sports. I want to talk about Kyrie Irving, who I've talked about before. I've seen him on ESPN. He's, you know, he's an interesting guy because he's obviously very intelligent. And he's an incredible basketball player, an incredible athlete. You know, so he's he's just transcendent, you know, more than even the average transcendent people. You know, I mean, more than just athletically, physically, he's, he's intellectually transcendent. And it's kind of, it, it, he's shooting himself in the foot, and that's a very, you know, has a negative connotation shooting. He's just being himself, and that's kind of his point. And how the hell do I know what's really happening with Kyrie Irving? That's kind of the point. Too. How the hell does anybody know what's happening with you? Can know what he's doing on the court, but he's also being judged, you know, for his attitude. He doesn't even know what's up. That's a crazy life. The all of a sudden your life 
is displayed on ESPN and everyone's got a judgment to comment and thinks they know what the fuck is going on. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because uh, <clears throat> I was just watching something on, on Epicurus and, uh, you know, hit, back in, uh, you know, the days of Stoicism in the ancient Greeks, you know, a lot of the philosophers like to contemplate what it meant to be good and ethical. Epicurus took a different approach. He wanted to explore, to examine what it meant to be happy. The word I would use is satisfied. So, you know, a lot of semantics. But, uh, you know, he decided that a lot of people think <clears throat> um, that uh, erotica, you know, sex will bring them happiness or money. Um, or, um, the other one is like, uh, big houses, well, they didn't have that kind of stuff, but living in the lap of luxury, you know, like a palace, which today would be like to live in a huge house and drive luxury automobiles and have a yacht, which goes along with money, um, and basically those things, he he didn't say these exact words where I was learning from, but they are, they're illusions, they're illusory, and that is basically what he, the, the conclusion he came to. They won't, they can bring some satisfaction, but they won't bring, I, I don't believe in, and a lot of people would agree, a lot of wise people would agree, not that I'm wise, I'm a wise ass, but a lot of people would state that they don't bring satisfaction. They will not bring adequate satisfaction. But, you know, we fall into that illusion. It's all over the television. You know, children are taught that young. You know, you watch TV, you watch movies. You believe money, sex, drugs, alcohol. You know, that's where it's at. And that's an illusion. One last point I want to make. And then I'm going to let this go. I'm outside right now. It's freezing out, by the way. Well, it's not freezing. I'm kind of a pussy, but it's chilly. It's, it got chilly fast. But anyway, I was reading something about fake news. And, uh, <clears throat> and fake news is an epidemic. And uh, I have a couple of points to make about that. I mean, we have Kellyanne Conway, Trump's... Um, advisor who came up with alternative facts and Trump who's popularized the term fake news and there is a ton of fake news now and there was fake news back in the colonial days Benjamin Franklin was writing um, you know false things about to get people excited to rebel against the monarchy, you know, that things soldiers were doing, um, partnering up with Indians and raping women and killing people, at, you know, to get people fired up to start fighting. So, you know, and along with some other things, people have, my point is people have utilized fake news for their ends, for their agenda, um, and uh, but a problem with the the you know the fake news that's happening now, it takes it's kind of like Jenga. If you think of society as Jenga, 
If you start taking blocks of trust out of the foundation, you're going to have a, a, a danger of a, a collapse. You have to be able to trust. Some other interesting things I was reading in a Malcolm Gladwell, his new book. But that's another point I'll make another time. But Ann Coulter I had seen, and she says something, you, have, you can't lie. People, can't, if you, if people don't tell the truth, you can't have a functioning society. Now, there's always going to be a certain amount of mistruths and, and lies, but... On the whole, you, people have to tell the truth for the most part, or else you will not have a functioning society. Now, if you have in media, in news publications, now there are they are teaching um, media literacy in, in the public schools now, and that will spread. <clears throat> so that comes to my ultimate point. You know, we have things impeding progress today. Um, and with Trump and, and this populism and this nonsense, it's basically, you know, a, a short-term obstacle. In Amer- it's a growing pain in America being the greatest democratic society that's ever existed. It's a growing pain. You know, it's a dark spot, you know, in, in, the, in a long history of growth and progress where we take... Uh, Two steps forward, one step back. You know? Have you heard that before? Two steps forward, one step back. Trump is obviously a step back. And I don't know if he'll win a second term. Even if he does, that's just more pain we have to take. More of a hole we got to dig out of. Now, I realize that's not good for climate change. Climate change will get worse. The carbon footprint will increase. All very negative stuff, however, and my point about fake news and climate change, obstacles that we face in America, in the world today, the fact that there is increased awareness, a spotlight has been shown on these obstacles, and the young people are aware, and and the millennials are great. You know, I substitute teach. I see these kids. They want to make the. They want to change the world, and they're and they're very intelligent. They're very tuned in, and the future looks bright. It's getting better and better. America is always bound to get better and better, and America is the world's melting pot. And the world's getting better and better. People are being uh, raised out of extreme poverty. There's much less. <clears throat> indiscriminate killing and wars going on. You know, the media will not let you know. They don't want to paint that picture because you're not going to buy their newspaper if it's, you know, all uh, all good news. That's no fun. And I read very great. People, are, people have a very high pain tolerance for other people's misfortunes. I read that. That's like a maxim from... Uh, the French philosopher who who wrote maxims in like the 17th, uh, La Roche, called, I think his name is, yeah. And the funny thing here was people are very tolerant for the pain of other people's sorrows, something like that, which basically means people love bad news about other people. 
People are fucking vipers. They suck. All they care about is bad news that other people are going through. And it really saddens my heart that... I mean, it saddens my heart that people take part in that, that they get joy from other people's pain. I feel sorry for them. I'm like, your life really sucks that bad that you need bad news about other people to make you feel good about your pathetic fucking life. But anyway, that's probably says something about me because my life's not great. That's why I'm going to read a book now. Thank you. Omcast out.